You ready? Let's hit, let's hit the go button. Let's hit the go button. Welcome. Welcome back to the Call to Be Conscious podcast. You are here today, this morning, or this evening, or right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, walking the dog, sitting on the toilet, um, in the car, driving to work, in the gym, joining along for the ride with myself, Rye, and Jordan Stubbs today really excited to have a conversation with this man I only really connected a few times and every interaction just feels really good feels really at home and we can we can dive into what that means and what the definition of what home means but it's just felt effortless it's felt easy it's felt open it's felt uh, expansive at the same time and I've been really excited to explore what this connection and relationship will bring to ourselves and to the world and Today's the first opportunity that we've really given ourselves time to converse and to have uh, a conversation. We thought, hey, why not have a <laughs> why not create a podcast <laughs> with this interaction? So, yeah, there's not much that I know about Jordan um, personally. I know that he's a, a Czech practitioner and um, he practices a lot with movement and assists people to create better functionality um, in their joints and their body. But really, keen to explore all parts of him we we know that you know one title doesn't mean that that's the thing that we focus on or that's the thing that we do in essence so really excited to explore all parts of him um today with you all listening in so thank you jordan thanks brother for taking the time i know coming out to the jungle is a bit of a mission <laughs> but you made it and you feel the jungle vibes and, and here we are man so kia ora, welcome and, and thanks for being here thanks for having me brother mm. yeah Bro, let's get into it. Let's just get let's st- it. straight to the deep end. Yeah, straight for the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> straight for the jugular, bro. I guess for me, like something that I want to know off the off the bat is about Paul Cech's program because you know he's someone that I look up to and I follow a lot of his work. Um, I look up to him as motivation, especially when it comes to embodiment and it comes to devotion for the craft in which he brings and presents. But I know that it's such a diverse course which he encapsulates and i know that some courses go for like as, as long as like 10 years this um, program i mean god if you were trying to like understand everything that he teaches i know it would take me at least 10 years so you can look at it in that way yeah. yeah holy moly but like where i guess where for you do you sit now with his program or his certification and what do you mostly teach and bring to people with that and through that yeah, for sure. I mean, I consider myself a student of the human body and there's nothing I find more fascinating than the human body. So that's led me to studying and exploring lots of different things. And when I stumbled across Paul, I was like, oh, this just ticks most of the boxes. This man has a system for movement that I'm yet to find one that works better. Same for nutrition, same for the mental emotional, same for looking at the body like holistically in the true sense of the word. And I was like, well, I guess I've got a, a lot to study here. And you know, I was first introduced to Paul in 2019 and it feels like I've barely scratched the surface and yet his work has been the majority of what I've studied since 2019. So if that speaks, you know, anything into the, the depth and breadth of that system and I can get a little bit into what that system actually looks like and how we work with things if you'd like. But yeah, in my opinion, it's just how the body works, simply put. Yeah, amazing. I love that. And I love his, you know, his whole ethos around holistic living and not just looking at the fundamentals of movement, but what's really 
I guess, steering the movement and, and in a cognitive way and also a physiological way. Um, so for, for me, like what, what in, in your own definition would be, because um, obviously Czech focuses on that holistic approach, what for you would be like an, a holistic, a definition of holistic? What for you would that be? For me personally, and I generally refrain from using it because it comes with connotations and that, that's some of my own shit. Um, but at the same time, you say holistic, like everyone who listens to this is either going to go, that's a strange word, or they're going to have an idea of what that word means. But for me personally, when I tune into that word, I mean, it's holistic, it's all encompassing. And I look at the human body, like my journey began purely with movement. And through focusing on movement, but neglecting other things, I was having issues that couldn't be solved by movement alone. So holistic would mean to consider the body as a system of systems. It's not just looking at the physical, but it's looking at the nutritional, the digestive, then also recognizing that the hormonal systems are incredibly important. And then, you know, well, there's an interplay with that, with the emotions and then where do emotions come from? Well, now we're looking at thoughts and then there's belief systems and all these different things. And for me, it just makes sense. You know, we can go, oh, I'm a, I'm a this or I'm a that. Like I just do this one thing. But for me, I'm working with the body. I'm fascinated about the body. So that means that I've gone and spent time learning things and working with things that I never would have previously considered. I've kind of only gone full circle recently. My journey started with movement. Like I was a strength conditioning coach. I was like hardcore, like meat and potatoes, do your training, like boom, 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 Rip boom. ranges. Yeah. And then at a certain point I realized like, oh, I can do all this training. But if the food that I'm eating is in alignment with creating health, because at that point, still mainstream fitness yeah like you count your calories you do your macros whatever mm. but my goal was health and my movement started going towards health but i was mm. still eating like a bodybuilder so i was bloated i was inflamed i was tired it's like ah oh, well if i want health not only does my movement have to support health but so does my nutrition and you know we can kind of correlate this with paul's journey and if you want to dive deeper on it you can go listen to any of paul's podcasts he loves to talk but for him it started the same he started with movement he became an expert in movement but his clients weren't getting results so then he went, oh, well, actually the food that they eat plays a factor. And it went through all these different things. And now, like if you go look at Paul's work now, if you're coming from mainstream fitness, you probably won't even hear anything about the movement side. You'll go like, who's this weird hippie? Like the work that he does personally with clients now is shamanism. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what he's doing because he's made a career for himself on answering the questions and doing the work with people that other people haven't been able to figure out. So when you've done all the movement stuff, you've done all the food stuff, you've been to the naturopath, you've been to the functional medicine doctor, even been to the psychologist, whatever, you've tried breath work, you're still not getting there. For him, that's led him to, you know, really peering behind the veil. And it's, it's the same for myself. Like if the goal is health, the goal is wholeness, the goal is happiness, the goal is fulfillment. Like that's what I'm striving for personally and that's what I strive to support clients with as well. Who's to say mm. that it has to all be about movement? If anything, as much as I love it, like I, I nerd out over it, probably the least important thing, you know, con considering everything else. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a system of understanding how the human body works and not going this for that. And that's, that's probably another thing that I find in the true sense of the word with the word holistic. It's not going this for that. We could say there's an allopathic approach, mm. which is like you have this disease or ailment symptom take this drug and then some people say that holistic is oh you have this disease or ailment take this herb but that's still an allopathic approach mm. that's still a this for that holistic would be let's create health symptoms are gone or maybe they're not but then let's dive deeper but it just makes sense 
to work holistically in creating health, focusing on everything you can, big bang for buck as well. And then at least in my experience and what I've observed with majority of people who do this work, things just look after themselves. Mm, frick yeah. Frick yeah. yeah. It's all of that. And, <laughs> and what you said really reminded me of that phrase, sell them what they want, give them what they need, mm. right? People think that the issue or the way to more health is moving the physical body and they get to a certain area or a certain point of growth in that physical movement journey and they go, hey, frick, I still feel really fatigued mentally or emotionally and maybe I need to look at that picture and being able to bring that approach through Paul Check's work is, is beautiful because you can hit all the marks with that holistic point of view or frame. The way that I spoke into breaking down the word holistic for me on a podcast was literally seeing it as ticking off the whole list, like the whole yeah, list right. tick. I like whole that. Whole list tick. Yeah. Yeah. And like, instead of just like focusing on ticking those boxes, it's like, let's look at the whole list, mm. the list that many don't want to look at, right? Yeah. We just want to look at how we're being perceived or how we're showing up in the physical body. But how about we get underneath all of that shit and we look at the other half of the list you know, our fulfillment, our purpose, our relationship with community, our relationship with our family, our relationship with ourself, what our self-talk looks like, all of these other aspects of the list that a lot of people will ignore due to the discomfort that it brings because it takes a lot of self-humility to recognize that, hey, I've got no, communi I've got commu no connection to community or I've got no relationship with my body or I've got no relationship with my family. And like, let's start there and then witness the journey of really recreating or healing those aspects of the list and then seeing the byproduct of that be your ability to move your physical body with ease. Oh, or you your, got, a, your you got a can of worms to dive into there, <laughs> yeah. my friend. <laughs> you're, and, you're nailing it 100%. Yeah. And the ability to, to have more strength from the ability of the nervous system to basically be more regulated or have less triggers or have less trauma stuck in the system. And when I was a PT, I PT'd a little bit from New Zealand and I was a I was an F forty five instructor and I worked with some clients as well. And man, I thought I was doing amazing things. But there was this deep yearning inside of me that was going, Man, you've got more to offer and there's more to this. Mm. But I didn't have the awareness or understanding yeah. in that time frame to recognize that. And it was almost like this sense of unfulfillment, like seeing clients, yes, get better results moving or like hit a better one rep max. But then I was like, man, there's something feels out. There was like something in me that was just saying, this isn't fulfilling. This isn't creating many shifts at all. It's just giving someone a short sweetness snippet of feeling that sense of achievement for a moment. And then mm. it's on to the next thing with that physical achievement. So yeah, the can of worms aspect I feel is um, a great topic to chat into because we need to recognize that the emotional body has so much to do with the physical body. And if we continue to ignore the emotional body, the physical body is only simply reflecting the state of our emotional internal energetic body, right? hundred mm. percent. I mean, as much as I hated to admit it, like movement's probably the least important part of the picture, even for a physical injury. And people yeah. might get a little bit triggered in hearing that. I know I absolutely did when, you know, early days tore my hamstring four times in one year and again like there was absolutely movement things that were going on there and there were bigger players 
at play. You know, when you said holistic before, I'm thinking what I often ask myself and how I frame things and now to put it in terms of a whole list, it's like, great, like if you've got the list of everything, that's going to be a big list. What do you do first? And I've always been in the opinion, work smarter, not harder. So I'm going to go for the things that are giving me the most bang for buck. Like when I was a more mainstream strength conditioning coach, it was like, well, meat and potatoes training, squat, bench, deadlift. Mm. Like we don't need to do all the fluff because that was more bang for buck. Knowing what I know now, it's this. And I guess for the people that are listening, I'm pointing to my head, right? For the, the mental, emotional, it's you can eat the most highest quality organic diet that's perfectly suited to your individual needs. No dogma in its vegan, carnivore, something in between, whatever. You can drink the best quality water. You can even have really, really good breathing mechanics. You can have even getting into, you know, different techniques to regulate your nervous system, circadian rhythms. But at the end of the day, if you think and feel that you are a piece of shit, your body will reflect that. And I can say that from experience because I've done all the movement things. I've eaten all the best food. I've done all the circadian rhythms, all the rest of it. And when I thought and felt that I was a piece of shit, my body reflected that health challenges that weren't going away, injuries that weren't going away. And I guess this is, this is beauty of the whole journey of things and kind of coming back to Paul's work. It truly is, in my opinion, the best system for rehabilitation and movement, at least as a, a foundation. And that gives me confidence to go, oh, well, I'm doing all the right things with movement. The nutrition's dialed in. The circadian rhythms are dialed in. So say like these days, like I really, really, really get sick. But if I do... There is zero doubt that it's because I let something run in that subconscious and I got really, really stressed. My immune system got shut down and that's why I got sick. So it's kind of like this beautiful balance of holistic and particularly once you've got the basics of health down pat, which we can speak into that a little bit, it allows you to go straight for the jugular like we spoke mm -hmm. about before. It's like, let's, let's not look for the next herbal supplement to improve my immunity. Let's not like go spend an extra 30 minutes getting vitamin D, like we're doing all of those things, or hopefully we are. So now we can get straight to it. Like, let's look at the things we probably don't want to look at because that's where the most opportunity for growth is. Oh, yes. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and recognising what those patterns and behaviours are that are playing out, that, that are potentially still sabotaging your ability to even absorb nutrients. You know, what, what relationship do we have with food? How are we even recognizing the nutrients in the food if we're not even being present or conscious with each bite or each feeling and sensation in the mouth? I know that we're getting a bit um, spiritual here, but building those relationships with your food is so vital in terms of what it's doing for your body. And I know that there's a woman called Marissa Reeds who works with women who are struggling with fertility, struggling to... Um, become pregnant and she's just literally asking the questions what's the relationship with becoming pregnant like for you and are you having some banter or are you joking like unconsciously about mm. potentially conceiving and they'll say yeah i'm always joking to myself like you know if i'm if i'm pregnant i'm, I'm gonna be poor or mm. that's gonna kill me and i'm gonna get fat and hey your body's listening to that and it's going to listen to what you're truly thinking and feeling in your body, even if it's a joke. So she literally gets them to alter the relationship with the way they're talking about becoming pregnant. Boom. Two weeks later, pregnant. Look what happened. As soon as we alter and change that relationship, thought, emotion around the event or the potentiality of that event, 
look what happens. And that's exactly what you're speaking into right now. It's like, how can we recognize the relationship with movement even? How many of us are going to the gym and are training our freaking ass off whilst we're mid-set going, I don't want to fucking be here right now. How many of us are doing that? I know that all those are listening and putting their hands up because I've been there too. I used to force myself an hour session, mm. have to do an hour session, have to train six days a week if I want to build muscle. But hey, freaking, that's not the case at all. Like I now, my rule now, bro, in the gym, I don't know if you'll, you'll resonate with this or you'll agree with this kind of mm. approach, but I'd like to hear your theory. I will basically train for a period of time between 10 to 20 minutes pretty much every single day. There'll go a week that I'll, I won't train and if I've got events on, etc. But I'll, I'll move my body to begin the day every single day, 10 to 20 minutes, and I'll train one set intuitively with a certain movement and I'll just do max reps. I won't, I won't push past or like hit a certain number. I'll just go into the point where it goes, okay, it's starting to feel hurtful now. Mm. I'm starting to create um, a lot of... Um, I'm pushing through past the point of pleasure now. So I'll only get to that point of pleasure. I'm like, this feels so good. Just for example, I'm using my chest here. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing bench, whatever. I'm pressing dumbbells. Feels really good. Feels really good. Feels really, still feels really good. Okay, I'm starting to slop on my reps. I'm losing a bit of technique. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'll stop there and I'll go to the next exercise. And I'll leave the gym when I'm feeling this, um, what I would call content for exhaustion mm. in my body. I won't push past. I won't say, no, I've got another 10 sets or I've got another three exercises to do. I'll get to that point of content for exhaustion. I'll walk out with a smile on my face. My body's like, I freaking love that. And I'll never push my body to the point of, oh man, I don't want to come to the gym again because I believe the relationship is more important than the actual practice. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's two things I want to speak into here. One is more around let's say the consciousness yep. of that, like who's who's doing the workout. And the second would be the more like the science and the training yeah, behind course. it. So like absolutely on the same page with that relationship to it. Like yeah. I asked the question, like who's doing the training? Like where's that coming from? Mm. Like are you doing that because you think and feel that you're a piece of shit, you're not good enough, so I have to train? Or do you love yourself enough to do it? Are you like inspired to go to the gym in this form of self-love? Like even just for myself really recently, I've been looking at like where, where am I not loving myself? washing my car like i haven't washed my car recently and it mm. used to be like oh like i haven't washed my car like i'm gonna go do the thing whereas like no like i'm gonna love myself enough to respect my belongings and like just really look after and care for myself mm. it's the exact same that's been with my training over the years like before didn't matter how i was feeling where my body was at it's like just go smash myself in the gym because i don't feel good mm. enough whereas these days like training for me is this just beautiful experience of honoring my body and that means i don't train as much as i used to i move a lot and that's awesome. kind of like a different way of looking mm. at things but in terms of training recognizing training is a stressor if my body is saying no and it's not a you got to ask then ask the question who's saying no as well right it's like you know you could have this unconscious drive of not feeling good enough that makes you want to train that could also do the same thing in not wanting to train i've been mm. there with different things but these days being in tune with my body and loving myself enough to go okay my body's really asking for movement today in this way so let's get after it or vice versa it's not feeling it today let's still move but let's work in this is another concept from paul but working in as opposed to working out mm. is movement that creates more energy than what it expends 
this is really, really useful for someone maybe coming from a place of overtraining. doesn't mean you sit on your ass. just means you do movement in ways in which that are going to support your health and well-being as a whole. It kind of then gets to the next point leading off that and then also asking you the question, like with everything, I just ask why. Even back when I was a mainstream PT, strength conditioning coach, like well, why are we going to bench? Ask that question. Like mm. if the goal is sports performance in, I don't know, someone's a cricketer, how much is the bench press really going to carry over? Maybe there's different things we can do. Like are we just doing this for the sake of doing it? Like are we eating in this way just because, you know, it's mm. sort of how everyone eats in health and fitness? It's like a, an old story and I don't know where it comes from, but I think it's really relevant here and it, this goes so far beyond the gym, right? They probably heard the story of like the lamb roast and cutting the ends off. But essentially like the way the story goes, um, a daughter's like doing a lamb roast with her mum or something and they cut the end off the roast and then she asks her mum like, oh, mum, like why do, we, why do we cut the end off the lamb roast? And she goes, oh, I don't know. Like ask, ask your nan. So then she goes and asks her nan and you can tell the story any way you want. But essentially you go back a few generations, you get back to the great grandma and she goes, well, back for my mum when she was cooking lamb roasts, the oven wasn't big enough. So we had to cut the ends off the roast in order to fit the lamb in. But then we've just continued doing that, even though that's not what's required mm -hmm. anymore. So it's like, well, that might work for someone else, but are you doing this because this is actually what you need or are you just doing this because everyone does it, right? So same with the training, it's like, what's the best form of training? What's the best form of movement? You've got to ask why, like even personally for you, like mm -hmm. why do you move? What are your goals? Are you carrying any specific, you know, injuries or niggles or different things? How does your body individually present? Um, they're questions that you can ask on an individual level as the person doing the training. But, you know, they're also the questions that a really good practitioner will ask. And I'd love to hear your perspective, you know, even on the work that you do and you support, like asking why, not just doing it for the sake and then the impact that that then has with what you do so much more bang for mm. buck. Fully. I love everything you've just spoken into. And it comes back to like the intention, like the why and who's asking or who's doing it and why do they need to do it? Always challenging that perspective is, mm. is key and important because if there's no why, if there's no driver that is f coming from a place of self-exploration or self-growth but for others and to create certain reactions or responses from others, we know that that's coming from a sense of unwholeness and unworthiness and insecurity, which is really an emotional rather than a physical issue going on. So yeah, for me personally, moving my body in the morning is like, it's like trading out the coffee. It's like an activator. Mm. It like turns on my system, gets the blood flowing through the brain um, and it gives me the ability to continue to feel agile, to feel mobile, to feel nimble. Like to be honest, I'm 20, nearly 29 years old and I feel the most agile nimble mm. and mobile i've ever felt in my life and it's fascinating because when i was younger i thought i was like athletic i thought mm. i was an athlete right i trained six days a week i had a lot more muscle mass i was heavier i got to like 93 kilo back then i'm now 78 kilo and i feel i feel stronger mm. um i feel more comfortable and i feel more able in my body and my being and there, there are things man that i used to never be able to do as a kid, as like a as a as an old teenager or as a young adult, that I now look at, I'm like, I'd be able to do that so easy yeah. right now, and that's due to the fact that the training's changed, the intentions changed, 
and the why's changed, right? Like back then it was, I want to train because I want to build big muscles because I want to look good for the girls on the beach, right? And and with that intention and with that driver is only going to create destruction in your heart and in your soul because it knows that it is already enough and it doesn't need to create or be anything other than itself in essence in order to receive love. But the more that we reiterate our unworthiness, the more it's going to create these destructive patterns in our life. And now it's like, hey, I just moved to awaken. I moved to sustain this ability in my body, joint health, mobility, and ability to do mm. what I want to do in the world. Like if I want to go and climb that tree, I can. If I want to run with Oakley on the beach and sprint behind him, I can. If I want to go for a swim, I can. Just all of these things, you know, and, and something that I want to revisit is actually an old sport that I used to do. I used to race motocross. Mm. And um, this like inner competitor or this competitive energy in myself is coming through of wanting to challenge my physical body mm. to a whole new sense again from a new perspective. The reason why I stopped racing motocross was because I had too many head injuries. And why did I have the head injuries? Because I was in my head way too much. So Modo was like literally, okay, you're going to be in your head. You're going to have too much anxiety. You're going to be depressive. You're going to be fearful. I'm going to literally hit your head. And that's what caused the head injuries and stopped me from racing moto. And looking back, when I was riding, I was so not present. Mm. I'd get snippets of the presence and that's what I feel I was looking for and seeking was, the, was that sense of presence. But as soon as I lacked the presence and I'd get in my head, I'd come off, have a crash, right? So I'm so excited to revisit that have the body, have the presence, all working in sequence. The breath, I'm really excited to incorporate into moto when blood blood pressure is high, when heart rate's high. Like Supercross is the most physically demanding sport on the planet. Like those athletes hold between 140 and 160 beats per minute for 20 minutes straight. Like every single muscle in the body is working and I'm sure you can respect that. And, and it's the only sport that I really follow now is Supercross because watching those athletes ride, perform, stay focused, get out of their head is fascinating and also following the journeys of some athletes that still lack a lot of mental consciousness and awareness have these like blockages. Chase Sexton, I'm going to call you out right now. Um, he has a massive mental block and he had a massive mental block. I trust that he's worked through it but what would happen is Chase is by far the fastest. He'd, he'd qualify fastest every single race right. and when he was performing, when he was on the racetrack, what would happen, he'd get out front have literally like five minutes of the race to go. All we need to do was click off a few more laps, he'd crash. Yeah. This happened four races in a row. Chase would get up front and everyone's waiting for it. He's going to crash again and he'd crash again. That's that like belief, that's that ingrained I'm going to crash belief and the thought that's going to manifest that into reality. So those that are like in their life and things keep playing out, things keep happening, really questioning what you're, in a story is playing out and what you're manifesting. This is obviously a lot of work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, but understanding and recognizing what feelings and sensations are at play in your body and how they're generating the physical reality that you're in. Doing a full circle, really excited to, to get back into that sport, but with a new sense of conscious awareness and ability to recognize and be in my body more and not in my mind. Um, yeah, oh, we went on a bit of a tangent there. But. No, I love it, brother. <laughs> and it just it just gets me so excited, you know, for people to be able to experience, say, a sport like 
Uh, we said motocross or mm. supercross? Yeah, it's a bit of both. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do moto. I'm not going to do super. Okay. Super's like the jumps. It's right. like It's right. like you're, you're more in the air than you are on the ground. Yeah. But I'm going to get into moto, which is like more high speed, longer corners and, and a few jumps too. Yeah. This, this may not even be a, a conversation for the potty. Maybe we'll do some stuff off. But it's like, okay, asking the question then why again? And this is relevant to any fitness goal. And it goes, it goes so far beyond fitness as well. But it's like if you just cut the ends off the lamb roast, if you just train like a bro because like that's what most people do. And if that's your goals, that might be for you. But if your goals are riding racing motorbikes, the physical movement looks very different. Mm. And like the proper ways of doing that. Mm. That's the stuff that I get really excited about. If someone came to me and they really wanted to do a bodybuilding competition whilst also doing it holistically, that would probably excite me too. It would probably look pretty different to how I would previously do that anyway. But it's like movement is so different to the stuff that you see on Instagram these days in terms of creating a body that's fit for the job. And in, you know, even further than that, it's like, well, you know, who's fit for the job and where are you starting from? And that's mm. the stuff that I get really excited about. It's like, okay, let's, let's get someone to their essentially highest potential, not just in the physical, but in all aspects. And then let's go through that specifically in another area, like racing motorbikes. Mm. It's like, well, what kind of motorbike racer could you be then if you go and essentially upgrade everything? Then take that in, like in my own journey. I've been away from athletic competition for a while now, but whenever I go and touch something, like I was training for a marathon probably about a year ago, but then canned that and I've gone and just really focused on how am I moving? I'm not lifting any weights at the moment. I'm just focusing on moving better. And there's some specific things that I do in that. Long story short, a friend from Melbourne where I was living um, came and visited recently. He's like, oh, you know, I'm training for a run, whatever. So we did 10Ks. I've run maybe twice since being on the Goldie, you know, and all those Ks have been maybe three to four. That's in the past nine months. That was the easiest 10 Ks I've ever done in my life, done at a faster pace than what I previously would have done it. I chose not to wear a heart rate monitor, but I was huffing and puffing less than what I previously would have just because my body functions mm. better. And that's what gets me so excited. It's that when you, you drop your attachment to cutting the lamb roast i'll keep coming back to that analogy or just doing things because you think there's a certain way of doing them which i used to be in that category and maybe there are still parts of me that are there now when you just ask the question why and you do exactly what makes sense for that the potential of that is just mind-blowing mm. that's just so cool to experience oh man i feel that yeah and yeah it's got me questioning you know if i was to jump on a motor right now like what muscles would i need more of to be activated and um Know, that would to me it would be it'd be glutes it'd be in a quadricept the squeezing um and the core balancing so yeah it's been interesting because i've been focusing a lot more on leg strength and and balance in the gym mm. kind of unconsciously for the past year you know it's only been recently that i've had this uh, excitement to get back on a mm. motor and have some fun um on that too and to push the potentials of my physical vessel because I haven't had something like that that's given me that exertion and yeah. that like that like contentful exhaustion after a physical exercise for such a long time. Mm. Really since you know, I used to race or I used to um, play rugby, you know, those days after playing a game or competing in some way and just laying on the floor on your back, just like, going, oh man, I'm here, yeah. I'm exhausted. 
haven't haven't had that. I haven't pushed my body to that sense of exhaustion for a long time. And I know that there's um, a lot of research coming out recently around the importance of that, especially in young uh, development and in kids and, and young boys. Like they, they should be getting to that sense of exhaustion like every day. And the more that I actually watch Oakley as a dog mm. and how he operates, like he gets himself to that point of exhaustion every time we go to the beach. He won't stop. Yeah. Like he's gassed, he's puffing, and he still wants to play and follow the ball. And I'm like, whoa, like this is wild because if I looked like you right now and I was taking, I was sucking the deep ones and really gassed, you'd think you'd actually just have a break and rest. But he's like, nah, I want the ball again, mm. again, again, again. And he, he won't stop until he's like exhausted, Span. smashed, yeah. burnt out. I'm like, that is the intelligence of an animal knows that it needs to push its body to that sense of stress to grow, to form hormesis and I guess biologically upgrade the DNA, right? 100%. To be better, to be stronger, to be more able and capable. What for you, bro, for those that are listening, I know they're tuning in now and they're going, oh man, this is really, I'm really questioning my my why or, or who's wanting to go to the gym and how I want to train. What, what for you, what do you feel would be the best piece of advice in order to create a really sustainable, personalized program for themselves to train that that is going to be achievable because we can talk into the paradox of having these super unachievable programs that people necess- like they don't actually do, and then it creates that sense of like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be able to do that shit, and you know, it creates that like that sense of I'm not good. Uh, mm. You know, like what what do you feel is, is a piece of advice? What could be the most effective plan or regime that people can follow and, and and experience some shifts as well as like incorporating what you feel would be a great way to balance that out with meditation or being still or balancing out that more feminine energy as well. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult to speak to the specifics of like what an individual may need, but I can do like a broad overview for yeah. what health needs, but it really just comes back to you have to know the why first and you have to question the why and this is the best piece of advice i can give for that because it's the best piece of advice i've ever gotten full stop <laughs> funnily enough if you have a guess who it comes from it's going to be paul check um but that that way for time you keep you keep going I'm yeah cool so um yeah no nah, it's a big one too Where do you want me to start from? Yeah, let's go from the best piece of advice that I've gotten and then you said, and you know who it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the best piece of advice I've gotten like full stop and you know who it comes from. It's Paul Check. And funnily enough, I actually heard this on a podcast um, would have been back in 2020 and when I heard it, it literally was like I got struck by lightning. Like I'm going for a walk and I just stopped and I felt this energy flow through my body in a way in which I'd never experienced before and come to sort of understand what that was a little bit later. The piece of advice goes as follows. Let your eyes do the seeing, let your ears do the hearing, but let your heart be a compass. And for me, that just covers everything. Like if I can just give people one takeaway, whether that's for health or for life or fucking whatever, if you do that, you will always get your answer. So 
that's how I've used things in my own life. If we bring it back to the conversation of health, it's that's how you know what your why is. You might have been, you know, training and doing bodybuilding and all these different things. You and I are in a similar phase right now where the smallest, like quote unquote smallest that we've ever been, but feeling the best we've felt. I don't know about you, but my heart just feels genuinely called to being the living example of vitality, just oozing with life force. And right now being lighter in terms of muscle mass is in alignment with that. So that feels really good and I can follow that. Um, and that's going to be specific to everyone on their own individual level. But in terms of creating, let's call it a, a lifestyle or a health approach, there's some different principles that I look at. Um, and if we come back to holistic, again, this could be a million page list, but if we really bring it down to the big players, these are what I would say are the most important six and in the order of importance. The first of which is going to be thoughts and emotions. If that is not on point, everything else is going to suffer. And a really simple way of looking at that as we go through two through six being the other five, if you have all of them dialed in, but you are living in a state of stress and maybe we can get into the nervous system regulation, hopefully for the listeners to understand fight and flight, rest and digest these different things, everything is still going to suffer. Like I've been that person who was eating 100% organic, strict elimination diet, all the rest of it, still tanked in energy. So learning to address that and, you know, there's different modalities to go about that. Then second to that, you know, you ask the question, well, what's, what's the most important nutrient? This is something like I've really been considering lately. And, you know, you guys are all about the breath. So you've probably heard it put this way before again, but it's like, how long can you go without food? We know how important food is, but how long can you really go without it? Different people got different answers. It's going to be a while, probably longer than what you can go without water. We know how important water is, you know, try not drinking water for a few days. But then how long can you go without breathing? So if we're not addressing breathing, again, we're missing everything. You can eat the best diet. You can do the best training. And this is more specifically to the work that I'm really passionate about. You can do all the postural exercises in the world, all the strength exercises in the world. But if you're not breathing correctly, your physical body will always reflect that. Like not even talking big picture, nervous system regulation, all the rest of it. Um, and maybe we'll put a pin in that one and come back to it because there's some really interesting things I'd like to share there physically. Then from there, it makes sense. You have to be hydrated. You know, every single biochemical reaction in the body requires water. You know, at birth, we're something like 80%. By the time, you know, we're elderly, maybe it's more like 50. People throw around the number 70%. That for me speaks to the fact that water is going to be pretty important. Um, I think it's something like as little as 2% dehydration. We observe a 25% decrease in physical performance. And then also understanding the human body is a system of systems not only is your physical performance going to be diminished, but so is your digestion. So is your cognitive performance or maybe your mental emotional state. Um, in my opinion, if you know someone's a psychologist, probably the best question they can ask someone straight up is how much water are you drinking? I don't know about you, but for me, if I'm dehydrated, my mental emotional state is not on point. So it's like we've got to just tick off these basics first. Then from there, we've got the thoughts and emotions on point. We've got the breathing on point. We've got the water on point. That does lead us to food. That can be a very touchy, soft topic for some people. Um, but, you know, I can just speak more broadly with food. It's listening to your body. There is no right or wrong. Um, in my opinion, it's it's just what, what provides results. You know, if your body is reflecting that your current approach to food isn't working, probably worth considering that. If what you're doing is working for you, then that's, that's working for you. Um, so that's where we're at with food. And then, you know, we get into sort of the last two, which are certainly not unimportant, but 
you have to have the rest of them on point as well. We're going to speak sleep. We all understand the importance of sleep. And that then leads us to circadian rhythms and all these different things and then movement as well. If you're missing any one of the six, you're going to suffer. But if you had to look holistic, that's the order that I'd put them in. And same again, you know, there's other amazing things like saunas and ice baths. They're great. I love them. There's supplements. There's all these different things. But until you've got those six on point, you're kind of missing the point. Mm. So good, bro. Thanks yeah. for sharing that, man. You're welcome. I love that. And and those that are listening, I trust you've got your notebook out and are writing down these amazing points to hit and and hit them. Hit them. Hit those first and and then add in all the, the pretty stuff and the icing on the cake. But I truly believe like they are the fundamentals and the foundations of the building that you're creating and you are the building in the human body and make sure that is solid and the concrete is deep in the ground and then see what happens, see what gets created from that. You know, those that come to me and are always like, man, I've just, I've really lost myself. I'm struggling in life. Everything is freaking really challenging and I don't know if there's a way out. I'm like, hey, just slow down, simplify everything, come back to what John just mentioned, the fundamentals of life. Like look at your mentality, see what's circulating. Be an observer rather than a judger. Just observe it simply with curiosity and then notice the way that you're breathing. Let's move that down into the belly. Let's regulate the nervous system. Let's send some safety signals to our system that we are actually going to survive through this challenge that we're facing currently. Then absolutely movement is, is what I feel one of the most important fundamentals to building a healthy and regulated hormone system like bringing in those those feeling good hormones removing your system creating blood flow circulation through um and then what i would feel most important after that is yeah getting rest sleeping you know we we all know the the way in which jim carrey explained people with depression just need deep rest deep rest man like just rest your body give it sleep um no phones after six o'clock at night and don't turn your phone on until you've finished your morning flow, your morning routine. We can probably break down a morning routine as well, but um, on the morning routine topic, uh, for me, like, you know, I'm mainly focusing on what's really assisting the the hormonal, hormonal cycle of a man mm. and, and really cultivating that within myself. But I know that we can't speak generically here because we've got a lot of female listeners and having a, a morning routine for me is so important. And if I don't hit that, if I don't create that and follow through with that, I always find myself a bit irritated in the day. And I'm like, oh, I haven't done my morning routine. And that's why it kind of sets us up as a masculine essence and in a masculine essence having that is important too. So for the men listening as well, if you're feeling a little bit yeah, depressed or unmotivated, hit those key points that Jordan spoke upon and then also create a morning routine for you that you can hit and meet every morning and just start start with that and, and go from there because I feel it's like that's the foundation of the day for you as a man, you know. So, yeah, I'm sure you can uh, expand on that too. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know for me personally as a man, I thrive under structure mm. and particularly with these physical practices as mm. well. Like there's so much value in listening to your body and at the same time, I look at it as like structure guides flow. So if you think like of the flow of life, 
if you don't choose where you sort of put the riverbanks, you're just going to end up going wherever it's going to go. Or think of that in terms of energy and what mm. you're creating. I don't know about you, but for me personally, I really like having a set structure for my day in general, just so I can guide that flow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Excellent. really the, there's benefit for that for both men and women. I think at times we can get really caught up in the whole masculine, feminine, and that there's so much beauty in that. At the same time, like we're all human beings. You know, like, yes, we have individual needs, but, you know, we also all benefit from a lot of the same things too. Yeah. 100%. Love that. We just spoken to that. We all, we all need a sense of structure, uh, guidance, and um, also the ability to have free time and flow a little bit more in our day 100%. too. 100%. Yeah, if I don't have that. And, you know, it was only last night where I had, um, I had 30 interview calls yesterday starting from 8 in the morning. And um, by the time I got to seven, I had another meeting with uh, the whanau. And uh, by that stage, I was getting irritated because I didn't have time and space mm. to go and be in flow a little bit more. I was just structured all day. And that's when we find that irritation and that like sense of um, discomfort in our body. Like where are we a little bit out of balance? And there's a real simple tool that you can do and practice that you can try actually right now as you listen. And you just place your index finger under your nose. You take a deep breath in. You blow out through your nostrils. And just noticing which nostril is more clear or more blocked. You know, the left nostril represents our feminine or the left hemisphere of the brain, which is our more flow creative. And the right is our masculine, our more direct or our more structured essence of us. And if you just check in with that, just notice what one's struggling to have airflow through it. You know that that side needs a bit more nourishment. We may be out of balance in that. So for an example, um, the other night when I had had all of that masculine energy all through the day, my left nostril was basically blocked. And it was like, hey man, how about me? How about me? Can you just stop for a moment and go get in the sunshine or go for a little walk or have a dance mm. or move your body or do some stretching? So that was an indicator, you know, and these are ways in which the body is continuing to talk with us and communicate with us. And I hope and trust that all those that are listening are really beginning to understand how much our body does speak to us. And Jordan spoke beautifully before about the heart and how when the heart is full, when the heart is feeling good, that all the rest is like a, like a, just an add-on to our life and, and the essence of life. And, and listening to your heart is for me, was one of the most challenging things to do, stepping into the space. And, and, it, and it is still the hardest thing to do, trusting in what the heart is is wanting and, and wanting to share or wanting to feel and wanting to acknowledge and, and know that if we don't listen to the heart, it can cause a whole lot of uh, challenges in our life and, and the universe and the world will show up with that ignorance of the heart because the heart is the most important aspect of life it's all we've come here to experience is the heart i truly believe that you know and yeah signal signals from the body is is important and, and i'd love for you to kind of um expand on ways in which the body can be signaling to to us and otherwise and i know one for me that i know to be true is that if there is like an emotional turmoil or emotional combustion and the body, the physical body, will start to have issues, uh, inflammation, but also like breakouts of, of rashes and, and pimples and things like that. What's your understanding of that, and and how do you feel 
there is that connection or how does that connection play a massive role in terms of health and well-being with the physical body speaking us to us to in these ways and how can we recognize some signals in your knowledge absolutely i mean it's one of those things that the body never lies and that's the beauty of it you can't get away with anything you can lie to yourself for a while and this is one of the challenges of the modern world and social media you can sort of cover it all up you can't hide from yourself so if you're struggling with your own health challenge it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything wrong it's just your body saying hey something is out of alignment here and that could be so many things right that could be your household cleaning products you may not recognize that there is toxicity present in those or you know it could be the food that you're eating maybe it's beautiful organic food but it's not what your body's asking for at the moment or you know your living environment all these different things and there's so many different systems for symptomology like this thing means this thing like a breakout means this on a metaphysical level or it means that you know again like you've taken in this toxin and it's like sure i'm sure there's a lot of validity in that but for me personally if i'm going to come back to what works holistically i come back to that list that we went over early on mm. i focus on creating health in the best way that i can possible recognizing the body will look after things most of the time and then at that point when essentially you've ticked off all the basics you're probably going to find yourself in a pretty good state of health majority of the time and like we've sort of been speaking into you, you get a breakout or like you get a tummy bug or something then you can ask the question well what's my body trying to tell me and rather than you know going oh well a tummy bug means this well that's someone's opinion and that opinion may be true but someone else is going to have an opinion and that one may not be true so for me personally i just ask the question what's my body trying to tell me where is my state of being being how am I thinking? How am I acting? How am I feeling? Or are there some other unconscious slips? Like, you know, for me, I love my coffee. Previously, I have abused coffee and I've drunk too much of it. So if I observe myself being tired, again, it's asking that question, well, what's my body telling me here? Okay, I've kind of been lacking on, you know, that department or overindulging. Mm. So it, it begins this process of self-inquiry. And, you know, the best piece of advice I can give for this, because I really struggled with this at first, you have to slow down in order to be able to listen we live in this frantic world of now 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 do 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 all these different things hustle and bustle um, and there's beauty in that but at the same time if you're trying to listen to the body and what it's telling you you're just gonna miss things that's the beauty of you know where we are in space here today like it's still it's quiet we're present we can really tune in um but if you're trying to find out okay what's my body telling me like i'm eating the right food i'm sleeping well i'm drinking water like I'm still dealing with this thing, consider slowing down, you know, really look to that, that parasympathetic because most likely you're still living in a, in a state of stress, if not, you know, all the time, but it might be in a specific circumstance that you're currently experiencing. Mm. Oh, beautiful, bro. And, and what that brought up for me was um, a quote from Paul Czech, and I think he said something like, uh, the most underrated medicine is sleep mm. and rest. You know, giving your body the quality of rest and quality sleep can be the most healing thing ever for us. And um, let's talk about the nervous system a little bit here and let's talk about how in this fast-paced society we are so unaware that we are so addicted to stress and it's because of the amounts of cortisol and adrenaline that are constantly being pumped through our body from these minute stresses in the day that are just adding up adding up adding up and then we're unable to recognize or rebalance in time and when we get home 
we can't figure out why we can't sit still and relax and decompress and we continue to clean things that don't need to be cleaned or we continue to organize things that don't need to be organized and we're doing laps around the house when really deep down we just want to actually be and sit and lay down and rejuvenate after every day at work. Let's talk about how we can recognize the differentiation between being in a relaxed state and also being in a stressed or sympathetic response state. So I feel those that are listening right now may be curious to find out whether and how they can understand if they're in that state right now. For me, a big one and a, and a real simple one, and I'm sure you're going to agree with this, is the inability to be still in your mm. body, the inability to hold your hands beside your body, the inability to um, close your eyes in conversation or close your eyes right now um, when you get home because that's just signaling that our body needs to be alert. It feels as though that there's a perceived danger, a threat, or we need to make sure that our environment is safe. One thing that I can always recognize in someone that has a overstimulated nervous system is the constant tapping or the constant bouncing of the knee They're out in conversation or as we're sitting here meant to be relaxing and one of us is bouncing yeah. away and tapping, you know. <laughs> and that's just a direct reflection of the nervous system being in that fight or flight response. Um, yeah, what do you have to talk? I'd love to obviously talk into your understanding of it as well and then we can just bounce off each other with what we can do to recognize but also rebalance that out and um, implement some practices. I know we've shared a lot, but I'd love to hear what you can recommend. For sure. I mean, like inability to be still is such a clear one. Again, mm. it's like this, if you've got all these adrenaline, norepinephrine, cortisol hormones flushing around your body, that's what's causing you to not able to be still. It's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's not how you're built or your genetics or whatever. Like you're just literally living in a state of stress recognizing that's the biochemistry that mobilizes mm. energy in the body when you perceive a, a threat in the environment you know being chased by a tiger what makes sense to have a lot of energy and doesn't make sense to sit still that's a really clear one um, a more subtle one that i observe for myself and it's a really good reflection i catch myself and it's sighing like if you find yourself <sighs> psychological sigh yeah and if that's not you choosing to do that, but you're catching yourself sighing, that's a, a sign that you're holding on to a lot of stress and you're living into that that state of fight and flight. Um, so there are probably two more that, you know, people can go, am I doing these or am I not? Some other ones, um, you know, inability to sleep. Again, it comes back to rest or even, you know, for myself, you know, living in a chronic state of stress previously, not getting the physical results that you might expect from your, you know, healthy habits let's say like you could be training a lot but you're not essentially uh getting the results you'd like whether that be like losing weight or building muscle um the reason for that being cortisol itself is catabolic meaning it breaks down tissue whereas when you're living in a state of you know peace comfort enjoyment love more of that down regulated nervous system we could describe that state of being as being anabolic that's tissue building that's not just muscle that's you know for your health and well-being so someone might have a health condition and the symptoms might flare up that's because cortisol is running through the system and they're in a state of catabolism as opposed to if you know we're more of a parasympathetic state well now there's not cortisol running red hot through the body all the healing hormones can be coming through and then you know we're anabolic we're tissue building we're repairing 
um, and that's how we create health. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in terms of in terms of signs and symptoms, in the day, if you're healthy, cool. If you're not feeling healthy, like that's it. You're stressed in one form or another because stress isn't just mental either, right? There's lots of different forms and stresses, and you can look at it in different ways. But for me personally, I recognise there's six. There's obviously there's your psychic, then you've got physical thermal electromagnetic chemical and nutritional so it's like yeah this is a big player but if all these five are off they're going in the same bucket Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. so even what might be a stressful situation or a stressful thought pattern let's say you know going through some relationship stuff work stuff whatever it is finances we all experience it being a human but if you're already dialed up and you're already at 100 your bucket is overflowing because of the foods that you're eating or, you know, the electromagnetic pollution, the chemicals that you're exposed to, you know, the training that you're doing, you don't really have much of a capacity to deal with that mentally and that's why you might blow up. So we've also got to consider it's not just psychic stress as well, psychic being like mental thoughts, emotions. You know, we have to consider the entire environment. Mm. Oof. Oof, that was great, bro. I felt that and, and I know all listening uh, are really taking this on board and there's a lot of things to consider and... You know, one thing for me that really hit was like the most destructive thing to the human body ever is going to be stress, but also on the same, on the same, and in the same sentence, stress is also the one thing that creates the most evolution and growth in the human body. It's our ability to move it through the system and process it is what creates the difference. You know, if we're unable to move the stress and process the stress, the symptomatic processes begin. If we can move and process the stress through the body, the adaptation begins and that hormesis process begins. Um, But like the inability or the lack of education for us in this world to actually express ourselves or express stress, express trauma is what's missing. You know, that's why I'm so passionate about providing people the opportunity to express stress from the body with breath. For me, it's the most accessible and simple form of really creating that stressful response in the body in a safe environment so we can go back into that instinctual animalistic way of expressing stress the body knows how to do it we just need to get out of its freaking way right mm. you look at a dog uh, every five minutes it'll shake its body out it's moving stress you look at the gazelle being chased by the leopard or the tiger whatever the first thing it does after being attacked or chased down is it shakes off yeah. and then five minutes later it's eating grass again you think of the rest amount of they've recently tried to back into it, yeah. you know. But we as humans have really lacked the expression sides of things, and that comes from our fear of judgment. The ego is formed too well now, and we are so worried about the way that we're being perceived or we're being um, received from people that we've really created a lot of destructive coping mechanisms to avoid those that sense or that feeling of being vulnerable or open or authentic. So, you know, in this day and age right now, it is in my work and in my highest excitement to really empower people to come back to their authenticity, to express themselves organically so we can move that stress and also find what our way is to express stress from our like innate creative space that we all have. We all have a gift. We've all been given a gift to bring into this world in order to express our magic or express our essence and to find that in whatever way and shape or form that is. You know, for many that's dance, for many that's surfing, for many that's artwork, for many that's um, some kind of martial arts, 
Um, for many, that's being in the gym. For many, it's motocross. I don't know. Whatever it is for you, like finding your finding your expression and using that as your way to express stress rather than holding it, combusting it, suppressing it, and then allowing it to depress you is what it's all about. Expression, expression, expression. Um, so, yeah, bro, how, how do you feel would be because i know for me and what we always share a lot of is the reboot position um dr steitler russia at, at the most studied way of rebalancing the body back into parasympathetic that for me is i'm the most up to date with but maybe there's a new one i don't know but being able to re- rebalance and and bring yourself back into harmony I feel is what we're all needing to understand and experience so we can recognize the amount of time that we're not in balance or we're in our sympathetic response during the day is key. And there's no like right or wrong in terms of figuring out or feeling into that. And also what I want you all to recognize is is that we don't want to be in parasympathetic all the time either because that's when we feel lethargic. That's when we feel... Like we don't want to do anything. We feel unmotivated, undriven. We need the sympathetic to create that drive, to create that energy, to exercise. We need that. What I'm talking about here and what's most important is being able to recognize when we're in a stressed state unconsciously so we can rebalance that back consciously and bring our body back into harmony. So when we're resting and when we're at home, we can be in that rest, digest state so the body can rejuvenate for the next day. Um, so yeah, bro, I know that I, I kind of just went off my own question there, but what for you would be some tools and tasks for those that are listening that can use in order to recognize if they're in that stress state and ways to balance themselves back out into parasympathetic so they can begin to feel like what it feels like to be actually safe in their body again? Absolutely. I mean, like the reboot position, huge. Like if anyone hasn't done it, go check out the content, go try it. You don't even need the science. You'll experience it for yourself. Um, But for me personally, other tools, again, I come back to working smarter, not harder. And something that I see with really every athlete I've ever worked with, really anyone I've ever assessed is breathing mechanics, recognizing there's this sort of as above, so below. So someone experiencing stressful thoughts, their breathing will reflect that. It'll, you know, be up in the chest. It'll be in and out through the mouth. You know, we see this kind of inverted breathing pattern. But at the same time, at the same time, as above, so below goes vice versa as well. So your body will actually influence your mind. So recognizing that if our mechanics are off for different reasons, I just had an experience with a client recently of like this holding in of the belly. So if you hold in the belly, not allowing the diaphragm to contract and drop down, therefore spread the ribs, create space and allow air to flow in. So where do you go? You go up into the chest. And it's not that we shouldn't be able to breathe into our chest, but I come back to this quote and it's in terms of biology, nothing makes sense except in light of evolution. And it really just drums at home. So then I ask the question, like, why do we have this ability to breathe into our chest? When we're breathing as we should, taking a, a functional breathing pattern, all the work's done by the diaphragm. So the diaphragm contracts, it drops down, it spreads the ribs. Now you have more space in, let's say, like the lungs. Yeah, I won't get too scientific with it, but space in the lungs. Now the pressure in that area is less than the pressure in the external environment. So air flows in, you have gaseous exchange. 
And then at that point, the diaphragm is going to relax. It's going to come back up. There's now less space, more pressure, air flows back out. So you have to create that space one way or another. What happens when you need more oxygen? Let's say we've gone and done some sprints. Well, now the diaphragm can't do it enough. We need more space to get more oxygen in. So we take these big breaths in and we start using all these accessory respiratory muscles like the pec minor and the scalenes and all these different things. And they're only meant to be for that sort of like 1% mm. of the day to so just give a little helping hand, kind of the icing on the cake and then go back to just breathing normally. But if you're holding your belly in all day or if there's inflammation in your gut, well, then you're not able to effectively use the diaphragms. You have to get it one way or another. So you breathe up into the chest and now you're essentially telling your internal environment, I'm stressed. Kind of that, you know, the opposite of as above, so below. So for me personally, the best way that I can help myself or help clients downregulate is teaching them how to breathe properly. And once that becomes a new neural program or a motor program, how they move, every breath they take is downregulatory because they're breathing into their diaphragm, they're stimulating the vagus nerve. And, you know, from that point, we're getting more into that rest and digest or parasympathetic state. Mm. Beautiful, bro. I love that, man. And this is why I love breathwork so much. This Absolutely. is why we teach and what we bring to the practitioners is how to enable people to remember the importance of functional breathing and diaphragmatic breathing. And I think I put this on a, uh, I talked about this on a podcast once and it was like, it comes back to that anxiety and the growth of the ego that's creating us or creating the mechanism in us to suck in our belly because we don't want to be perceived as fat mm. or unhealthy. So we suck it in, but we're sabotaging our health so much by doing that. So those that are listening right now, just like just simply take a few breaths and, and focus the ear. What you want to do is breathe it in and try and aim it towards the bladder. So see if you can get it really low there. And the term deep breathing isn't like the length of the breath. It's not like a big, deep breath. It's actually the depth of the breath. So breathing deep means breathing deep into the body. So breathing deep into the diaphragm there. See if you can expand it. And just as Jordan mentioned, expanding the ribs as well as you breathe in, letting that really open like a, a barrel. So just take a few now and just see how much of a shift that creates just by simply taking two or three here. And then throughout the day, as you're going about your day, whatnot, see if you can catch yourself from time to time. Hey, where's my breath going? Is it in my chest or is it in my belly? And just course correct that. Breathe into the belly a couple of times. Just notice the shift that you'll get. And if we can catch ourselves like this throughout the day, 15 to 20 times a day, if not 50 to 60 times a day, the more awareness we can bring and breathe and take a deep breath into the belly, the more we can create that harmony and balance in our, in our nervous system and really slow down that sympathetic response. So then when it comes to bedtime and in the evening when it's time to relax, hey, there's no cleaning things that don't need to be cleaned. There's no <laughs> organizing things that don't need to be organizing. You can simply just enjoy the evening with your loved ones rather than feeling as though you're under attack or you've got to do something. And that's just the nervous system. And it's not it's not a bad thing. Like this is the intelligence of the body. Like the nervous system response and the sympathetic response is an intelligent response. Those that are experiencing high amounts of sympathetic response know that your body is doing what it actually believes it needs to in order to survive but now it's time to really give it the ability to soften and relax and regain control over that so that's the invitation to just take a few deep belly breaths from time to time and to feel the softness in the body 
and, and know how much it's going to impact you physiologically, emotionally, and psychologically. Because you will 100% notice your performance, your recovery times completely decrease, your ability to absorb nutrients a lot better. The food you're putting in will be absorbed a lot better as well. And hey, health is on the way now, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> That's why we put it at uh, number two on the, the whole list. Yeah, the whole list. Yeah. Oh, bro. That's such a good way of putting it. Yeah. Oh, bro, look at the time. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Classic. That's the sign right there. I feel like that's a sweet spot. Yeah. One, one, one. I feel it's a great attainable potty and we've dove into some really awesome topics. I feel a lot of got from, a lot of what I've got a lot out of that practical tools and implementations to, to put in. And What's one thing that you'd like to share um, to encapsulate the Jordan Stubbs podcast? Any any piece of advice or, or a message or... Um, something from from your heart that that maybe felt for those that have tuned in for this ride and yeah, what's something you want? I know that we're gonna have to do part two because <laughs> we've got so much to talk into, right? I know that your mind is is full of knowledge, and I'd love to do this again. And I feel like we've just touched the surface of a lot, but we'll keep it here for now, and we'll, we'll do part two. We'll get that ready. I know everyone yeah. listening is like, man, it's been a beautiful <laughs> conversation this far, bro. And I thank you for for taking the time and coming out and tuning in and. Um, yeah, I want you to to share one message for the world, whatever that may be, in, in your own essence. Um, what's alive for you right now and, and what, what's coming through and, and then we'll wrap it up. For sure, man. I mean, like for myself, that there's all these really, really, at least in my opinion, cool things about like health and how the body works. And I was getting all excited about breathing mechanics and injuries and all these different things. Um, but I'm so glad that we've gone here with this and all the things we've spoken about. Because it's big picture at the end of the day it's what really matters like we could chat about like all the science and all the different techniques and all the rest of it but kind of going down the wrong hill at that point you know i said it before and i still stand by it the greatest piece of advice i've ever gotten that i could ever give anyone is to let your heart be your compass like when you do that it doesn't mean that life's going to be easy in fact it's probably going to be harder you know as you, you can probably you know speak into now and a lot of people that i'm speaking to at the moment whatever's going on there's a lot of a lot of growth opportunities at hand but you know in order for us to live the happiest healthiest most fulfilling life possible that comes from following the heart you know in my own journey when i have strayed from that piece of advice i've gotten a few slaps in the face from the universe and it's been a a real reminder to get back to following that and even though at times that can be scary that can be daunting that will be challenging because that's how you're going to grow health journey or not that's that's where it's at let your heart be a compass Cool crap, brother. I see you, man. I thank you. And, um, yeah, bro. I, I trust you around and got so much from this. And, and, and where can people find you, bro, if they want to chat with you, if they want to question you more, if they want to work with you? Are you offering any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I'm taking clients in person on the Gold Coast and remotely as well. But the best place to find me is Instagram at jordan.stubs. If you can't tell from this podcast, I love to chat, uh, particularly all things health. So, yeah, feel free to reach out. We can go from there. Thanks, brother. Beautiful, man. Big love for the rest of you and and thank you for tuning in. I trust that this has been a a journey and you've got so much from this. Jordan is a wizard, so much knowledge and and wisdom in him and can't wait to have him in part two. But wherever you are, enjoy the rest of your day. Keep um, walking the dog or the cat on the beach. Um, Keep doing you. And and as Jordan put it so beautifully there, just keep following your heart. 
and, and trusting in the process and, and know that it's not easy. It's not easy, but hey, it's worth it. Big love, fam. Catch you soon.